Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We are talking about something uh, that I think is, you know, relevant to every single business owner, every single entrepreneur who wants to make more money, but also wants to feel happy and fulfilled in the process. So we have an amazing guest that we're going to introduce in just a second. And uh, he just wrote into the studio, the Trumpeteers are out today, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't give a warm, rousing welcome to the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. How are you today, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. things, things are clearly not as good as they used to be. I'm having to uh, make my own fanfare now. <laughs> you are. Well, you know, we're cutting down. We're, uh, we want to increase the profit margins of the show. And so, you know, we had to uh, furlough the Trumpeteers for a little while. <laughs> um, hopefully uh, things will pick up soon. and <laughs> They'll be back in the saddle. The uh, the other thing that we've also cut, or you did, is uh, the massive amount of Samson-like hair that you had been sporting for the last several shows. Yeah. So, well done you, cleaning yourself up. Indeed, indeed. I sometimes forget that people see me these days. I, I remember the times where I'd just be locked away in my house building my business, and no one would ever even see me. Well, clearly I've uh, left some of those habits behind now. I've shaved, yeah, the, I've cut, I've trimmed. <laughs> the world was a better place when we didn't have to see you, but progress <laughs> can't be stopped. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've missed you. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm amazing. So, uh, so we've got, we've got a really cool guest today. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about, you know, business growth and business strategy and all these things, uh, it can get, it can get very focused on the, uh, sort of the money side of things. And obviously, you know, we're, we're not in business because we don't want to make money, but it's really important to understand that there are a lot of people who make a lot of money, but they're completely emotionally broke. Right. And they don't have fulfillment and they don't have joy and they don't have happiness in their life. And so one of the reasons I was super interested to have our guest today um, is because not only does he focus on, you know, sort of the nuts and bolts aspects of the business in terms of, you know, how do you double re- revenue? But at the same time, how do you double your happiness while you're doing that? Which I think is uh, is something that a lot of people are after but it might not be a stated goal. And so I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, David Wood. Great to have you here, my friend. And we're, uh, we're excited to get into it and talk about how to double your revenue, how to double your happiness, and the courage that it takes to really go after both of those things at the same time. So welcome to the party. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the best podcast in the world. It's not everybody who gets to be here. So uh, we are honored to have you. And thank you for reciprocating that. So, uh, so David, you know, one of the one of the main things that I think separates people from, you know, people who burn out from people who are just really enthusiastic and excited about life and business is their level of happiness and is their level of fulfillment in what they do. And you have a way of thinking about things that says making a lot of money and being happy aren't mutually exclusive. Um, and I'd love for you to sort of like riff on that for a second as we start getting into everything. Yes, I think some people think that it's one or the other. You know, yeah. they chase money and they forget about self-care or there are some, uh, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. There are plenty of spiritual people here who are all about the happiness and feeling good. And they're like, wait, where's the money? Right. right. I had a, a client session yesterday. I was coaching a, a a guy and he was considering boosting his business over the next 12 months. So he'll get a higher sales price, but his heart wasn't in it. Mm. And, and and in his head, it seemed to be one or the other. I could be happy and not make money or I could make, uh, make money and not be happy. And I said, what's the pleasurable path here? Mm -hmm. What would it look like? And what if you could have it all? What if you could, 
um, list the company for sale right now and get the sale price you want and then free yourself up to do what your heart says you want to do. So they're not mutually exclusive. Now, I'm going to talk about this in a way I haven't talked about it before because I was making some notes uh, during your introduction. And the way it occurs to me is we are creatures of comfort. We gravitate to what's comfortable, what's known, what's safe, what's steady. And I think that's partly an evolutionary trait. So that makes sense. But it doesn't always lead to the greatest success or the greatest happiness. If I'm going to do what's comfortable, I'm not going to tell you the truth, James, if I think you might get upset with me. Right. And and Dean, I may not ask for something that I want because maybe I feel oh, I'm going to put him on the spot or whatever. And right. so we just stay in this comfortable world. And unfortunately, the comfort zone can get pretty uncomfortable over time. And there are a couple of things that we can do that can increase our revenue and our happiness at the same time. And one of those is courage. Doing what is a little scary absolutely going for what you want. And that's probably going to feel uncomfortable, which is why a lot of us don't do it. Right. So before, before we get too deep into the courage side of things and, and the ways in which we can, you know, increase revenue and happiness by following, I love what you call that the pleasurable path, yeah. right? The one that, that challenges us, but it challenges not just like the outside results, but it challenges us to become more of who we want to be in the process. Yeah. Um, how, how did you get into this? Like, where did you find your, your zone here with this? Is there, is there some story that you have where, you know, you were kind of like crushing it or you were super happy, but you weren't crushing it? Like, where, where did this start for you? Like, I, I'm sure there must be some kernel in there and I'd yeah. love to uncover that. Yeah, this is like X-Men Origins. Story. Yeah, this is like, exactly right. Watch out for Dean. He's going to do the whole Wolverine thing in a second. Love it. He's, 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 he's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I started in a country town in Australia. That's where I grew up. And uh, I had some trauma as a kid. There was a, a, a tragedy. And apparently, I learned how to shut down my emotions. And I didn't know that. You, didn't, you know, no one said to me, oh, look, you shut down your emotions because right. I was Australian. So I just blended in with everybody else. <laughs> um, but I got really good at left brain stuff. Uh, I came top of my school and I got a scholarship to... Um, I got paid to go to university and then I went to New York and got a job as a consulting actuary, consulting to Sony music and Ford and Exxon. And, and I'm like, I'm like 24, 25 years old country boy in the, in the big smoke. And it doesn't get more left brain than being in actuarial statistics. Yeah, that's right. It was all like, you know, over the next hundred years, what's the insurance premium got to be so that this company doesn't go insolvent? Right. Um, I'm a massive nerd. So it was a pretty good <laughs> fit, but I wasn't happy and I didn't even know it. What I knew was that I, I was stressed because the doctor said that that um, pain in my belly was probably stress. Mm. And he said, is there anything going on? And I said, well, my my marriage isn't going very well. And then someone fortunately said to me, why don't you do this personal growth course? It really changed my life. And I was like, really? And I went along and they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much. And I thought, <laughs> I, I can't trust this. This is a bunch of self-help junkies just trying to get my money. But I thought, I'll just get in and get out. Let's just see if there's something for me. Fortunately for me, at the age of 26, they cracked my heart open. And they showed me that I knew a lot about money and business and systems. I didn't know anything about intimacy and vulnerability, transparency, leadership. And they taught me that. And that started a lifelong journey of questing, like, what's, what's the matrix that I'm in? Because I believe we're all living in a matrix, if you've seen that movie. Mm -hmm. um, we're all living in our own matrix. What's the matrix I'm living in and how can I hack it? Um, to see more of maybe the wizard behind the curtain now to mix my movies, I see more of how it all works and how it puts together. And I'm so grateful that I started on that journey because I learned how to both make money and be happy. Now, look, I haven't solved everything. I'm a work in progress. I still have problems just like the next person, but I've learned so much and it's my privilege as a coach to be able to pass on the learnings as I discover them 
I'm often able to pass them on within the next week to, to one of my clients. So maybe it's a lesson from 20 years ago. It's or a lesson from Thursday. Um, so there's a long answer to your, your question. No, that's that's amazing. So, so obviously you, you, uh, you build on the whole consulting actuarial thing. Yeah. And, and so what was that? How much longer did you do that? And when did you decide to say, you know what? I have, a, I have found that pleasurable path. It might be, it might take courage to follow that, but like, that's yeah. what I'm going to do now. Yeah. Well, it was a big move for me because I spent eight years qualifying as right. an actuary. I, four years of study, four years of, uh, of work. And while I'm studying, while I'm working, it was horrendous. I qualified and a year later I quit my job. <laughs> right. And, um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to change countries. I wanted to go back to Australia. And I thought, what would I do if I'm in between jobs and I had six months to do anything I wanted? And listeners, highly recommend you ask yourself that question. What If I had six months to do anything? And I'd always loved those entertainers at the ski fields who would put on a black afro and sing Blame It on the Boogie, or they'd wear a blonde ABBA wig and sing SOS and get the whole crowd up and dancing and drinking. I wanted to do that. That's amazing. So, so I quit my job, moved back to Australia, hired a singing teacher because I couldn't sing. And two years later, I sorry, two weeks later, I got my first gig <laughs> at a bar in a squash court. And uh, I did that for a year and a half. I even went on national TV in a kilt singing 500 miles. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. The proclaimers. Um, and along the way, I uh, discovered that coaching was becoming a thing, an industry. And that personal growth course, they had trained me as a coach. And I'd loved it. I got hooked on it. Mm-hmm. I changed somebody's life overnight. And I was like, wow, look what's possible in such a short amount of time. So I went and started training as a coach and then started doing that and quit. I had to re- I resigned from the Institute of Actuaries because I didn't even want to do the 40 hours of training a year to stay current. I right. wasn't even willing to do that. And that was in 1998 and I never went back yeah. ever. And coaching took off for me and uh, I wasn't a, I'm a good entertainer. I'm not a good singer. And finally I'm like, all right. I'm I'm done with this. I, I had the experience. Let's go into coaching, and I've never ever looked back. That's amazing. That awesome. What a what a great story. I uh, I hope that somewhere out there is a picture floating around of you in the kilt singing 500 miles. Um, hey, hey! If you guys want to laugh, tinyurl.com forward slash mr Woody. All Mr. right, Woody. That was my stage name. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Google David Wood and Hey, Hey, It's Saturday. It'll, it'll come up. That's awesome. That's so cool. So, I mean, that took courage though, right? It took right. courage to leave that, you know, eight years of preparing for what you were doing. You had, you know, you had figured out, okay, like here I am, I'm, you know, I'm in New York, I'm doing all these different things. So, sort of reminds me of my own story to a certain extent. I didn't dance around with a kilt after I left the corporate world, oh, yeah. but <laughs> Dean still Dean is still doing burlesque for what it's worth. Um, but uh, but I think this this seed of courage is so important. And I and you know you were kind of getting into it a few minutes ago before we you know went down memory lane. But I'd love I'd love for you to share you know before we get into that, like what do you see as what is the definition of courage according to you? Like what does it actually mean? Because I think it's easy for people to say have courage, be courageous, like do brave things, like all of that. But do you have, you know, kind of a a sense of how you would summarize that for somebody? Yeah, I think courage is what it takes to do something that, that seems scary. So there's some fear of loss, right? Which comes back to my actuarial statistical side. There's some fear of loss, right? It's like, I don't want to do that because something bad could happen. Courage is what it takes to do it anyway. And there's a quote in Game of Thrones. Um, this kid says to Ned Stark, "How? But how can I be brave if I'm scared?" And he said, "That's the only time you can be brave." That's right. Yeah. If you're not scared, it doesn't take courage. And 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 I think I got so into courage because as a kid, there were things I didn't do that I wish I had. So mm-hmm. I had regret. Mm-hmm. I didn't stand up to a number of bullies. I wish I just punched one on the nose and taken a beating. 
I wish <laughs> I'd done that. Didn't yeah. do it. I didn't ask uh, so many girls out because I was I was scared. And I've always regretted that. And I think regret can be a powerful motivator. Mm. So later in life, uh, my psychiatrist said to me, you're almost counterphobic. I'm like, I didn't even ask him what it meant because as soon as he said it, it fit. And um, I'm, a, I'm afraid of heights. So I went into paragliding and right. jumped off a mountain in Nepal and went up to 10,000 feet to confront that fear. I, I was afraid of uh, abandonment because of my childhood. And so I'd explore open relationships and see, could I master this, this fear and love someone who's loving someone else? Wow. Um, and in and in business, if I notice I'm scared of something and speaking, public speaking, mm-hmm. I'm terrified of public speaking. When I went on that uh, on national TV in a kilt, I was so scared that I nearly peed my pants. In fact, I actually lost about three drops. Came out. I lost a little <laughs> bit of bladder control in the green room, and I'm in a kilt. That's that's <laughs> the worst time to do it. If you can imagine my terror, yeah. Um, so I, I found that I've leaned into things and then um, in conversation, like tough conversations, I found um, when I, I do these personal growth courses, they kept on nudging me. They'd say, make a list of everyone you're incomplete with. And so I'd make a list and they say, all right, now go and call the first person on your list. I'm like, hell no. I'm not calling that bully from school 20 years ago and telling him I've hated him for 20 years and now I'm letting it go. Are you kidding me? And then I get coaching on, on, on how I might find my way to do it. Just like you said, it took courage to quit my job and go into entertaining. I didn't do it cold Turkey mm-hmm. and I didn't just resign from the Institute of actuaries with no plan. I didn't do it all cold Turkey. I got help. I got some coaching and I worked out a way that I could find my path. And so, um, that's what I try and do with people. It's like, firstly, let's work out where are your boundaries? Like, where are the limitations on your life? Where's the edge for you? Because right. your mind won't even show you. Your mind will just show you what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. So you might need someone to nudge you a little bit. And one question in my self-coaching form that I have all my clients do before we get on the phone is, if you are fearless this week, what would that look like? What mm-hmm. might you do? I'm not going to make you do it, but what? let's at least start with awareness. And I think a, here's a great exercise all of our listeners can do. Right at the top of a piece of paper, what would I do if I was fearless? Now, of course, you're not fearless, but if I was, and then write down in different areas, business, all right, this is what I would do. Relationship, this is what I would do. Parenting, this is what I would do. Personally, I, I'm going to go and audition for a play this Saturday. It's a Dracula play. And the last play I did was when I was five years old. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's an edge for me, right? I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I'm going to go and I'm going to read the damn lines. That, that would go on my sheet of paper, mm-hmm. right? So you write all this down and then you might circle two or three. Don't You don't have to do the big ones. You don't have to do the ones that might land you in prison, like you're going to go and confess to a crime or tell your partner you, you cheated. or You don't have to do those. Just pick two or three that would be an edge. And then don't do them this week. And if you get stuck, get a coach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an incredible pathway to more self-expression, um, more, more confidence, more joy and leads to more money. If you start doing this in your business and in your job and start being more courageous, um, you might be surprised by the people who say yes and the things you start to get. I, I would imagine just thinking on what you're saying, I would imagine for some people that even what you've just said is actually the first big act of courage. Because I'd imagine for some people, like I think a lot of people know when they're when they're holding back, right? I think a lot of people would be aware of their fear and they know that they're not doing something because they feel uncomfortable. I would imagine even taking the step of writing that down would probably create some anxiety and fear in people because they're actually starting to face up to what they're not doing that they wish they were. I love that you said that. So you're right. The first courageous act. Uh, it may be your first courageous act today would be to write that list. Right. Just, and then you might even ask your partner, if you got a partner or a best friend, what would you, like if you saw me, if I was fearless, 
you know, or where do you think my edges are? What, what, what would be a little scary for me, but could be really great for me? Where am I holding back? Mm. Great questions to ask. And then you might choose to do nothing with that information. That's totally fine. Let's just start with awareness. I'm totally fine saying, you know what? That's scary for me. I don't want to do that. Right. I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point too, because um, I feel like I've heard in, you know, different personal development seminars or whatever, where people are reluctant to write that stuff down because then they feel like whoever's asking them to write it down is going to force them to do it. Right. right? It's like, yeah. Oh, I'm afraid of heights. Okay. We're going like base jumping off of this mountain today. And you're like, wait a second. Like, I'm sorry that I told you I was afraid of heights. Yes. Right? But, but I love, I love this approach that you're taking, which is like, let's find the edge and confront it and look at it and say, okay, like, do I still want that to be the edge or am I willing to push that and test that? Yeah. I go beyond that a little bit. I think it's brilliant. This is very important. Now I didn't know this when I was younger, as I was leaning into my fears and doing crazy things. Um, I thought I was like the spiritual warrior. That was my identity. And I'm like, I have to confront every single thing I'm afraid of in this world. <laughs> and I went overboard. Uh, my body started to rebel. Uh, there were things happening subconsciously that I couldn't control. I went into anxiety because mm. um, I was dating a woman who uh, who was in love with someone else. And she said she was going to leave him and she didn't. And I stopped sleeping. And then I went into anxiety and consciously I wasn't aware of what was going on. I just thought I am the spiritual warrior. I need to just be open and open my heart. But my body said no. And so now I'm, I've learned some humility. And I think it's a totally valid thing to say that's too scary for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it now or I'm not going to do it ever. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. If you go too far, you can create trauma. Mm -hmm. for yourself. We don't want to mm -hmm. do that. What we mm -hmm. want to do is find your sweet spot. Now, most people are playing too safe. So you probably want to find some edgy things and then go and practice them. But if you've, or if you've got three kids that you're trying to raise, you got a business that you're doing and you feel like you're already on your edge and you're already courageous and you're all ready to call up all the celebrities that you might want to endorse your product and you're willing to go on any stage. If you're already doing that, Maybe you want to tone it down a bit and do some more nurturing mm. and come back. Find the sweet spot for you where there's a bit of edge. You can play with your edge, but you don't go overboard. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's such sage advice because I think the, uh, especially with business owners and entrepreneurs, I think there's a level of extremism, right? It's like, all right, I'm playing too small. Now I'm going to make myself so stressed out that I can't even sleep. <laughs> Right. right. And it's like, right. it's not, it doesn't have to be binary like that. Right. It doesn't have to be either, or there's like degrees in there. And I love, I love the sort of systematic approach that, that you're sharing to find those degrees. Um, so, so I know that you mentioned courage, right? That's a big topic that we've talked about here. And, you know, one of the other things, and I think this is part of your upcoming book is um, about transparency. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that as well as one of the sort of tools in the toolkit, if yeah. you will, um, towards, you know, this, this goal of not just doubling your revenue, but doubling your happiness. So how do these, how did, how does transparency play into this conversation that we're having? I'm so excited to talk about this topic. Um, so when I started doing the personal growth stuff, they kept nudging me towards what was scary. And, uh, a lot of what was scary was, was being honest mm. and being transparent uh, you know, one with myself and then with others and over and over again, they kept encouraging me to do it. I'm like, no, that's too much because I had a, I had a lifetime of habit of hiding things. So if I thought that saying something would get my parents angry, of course, I might not want to say that. Uh, or if they're going to be disappointed in me, or if I'm going to get in trouble at school because of something I did, I don't want anyone to know. So if you're anything like me, you learned to filter and some things are okay to come out. Some things are not on a first date. There's certain things you're not going to say. Uh, and, and a lot of these make sense, but we've gone too far, way too far. So James and Dean, what you're normally going to get is a rendition of me a mm -hmm. performance of me. You're not going to get um, the full story. 
And I, I'm probably not going to get that uh, from most people I'm interacting with as well. I'm going to get a performance as well. I'm not going to get like really what's going on. And I think that's disconnecting us mm-hmm. in society. And this is part of a, a problem we're facing in the world. So I'm writing a book right now called Name That Mouse because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. And what I, what I learned over and over and over again is that each time I took a risk, this is where the courage comes in, and I shared something a little vulnerable with people, about nine times out of 10, something good happened. Either I, and let's, let's come up with an example. Um, There's a, there's a friend of mine for three or four months, I was thinking I'd, I wonder if he might be willing to help me get a housing loan. My income split between two countries and it's odd and, you know, getting a bank to go, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea is is tricky. (laughs) And I wanted to ask him, but I didn't want to put him on the spot, right? Three months. That's staying with me. That's a pretty big mouse. We don't, I don't call it an elephant in the room because an elephant is something he sees it. I see, I see it. No Mm. one's saying anything. Mm. This is more of a mouse. It's something scurrying, scurrying around. And I'm like, finally, I, I worked up the courage to just put it out there. And I said, hey, look, you can say yes or no. I just wondered if you'd be open uh, to helping me, you know, we'd be open to co-signing a housing loan. I can handle the payments. I just need someone with good credit. And he said, I'd be open to that. Yeah, I'd want to know what the risks are. Can do the research for me and I'll check it out. Now, that's an edge, but I feel so good that mm-hmm. I finally put it out into the universe and gave the universe a chance to, to respond, mm-hmm. right? Self-expression. Because if you don't ask, you're starting with a no. That's your default. So time and time again, I found when I've been willing to name that mouse that, that I can now see, you know, I might, be, let's say, look, I was five minutes late getting on this call with you guys. And, um, I was on the wrong link. I was on a Zoom link. I don't know where the Zoom link came from, but I'm waiting on there. And it's five minutes late. I didn't, I didn't mention it. That's a mouse for me. I could, I could have said, I was, and I was actually going to bring it up, but we started talking about other stuff. But what I could have said is, hey, I noticed I'm five minutes late. I apologize for keeping you guys waiting. I was on another, I was on another call. That's, that's one mouse. Also, I'm a little embarrassed that I'm late because mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to be on time. That's mm-hmm. another mouse. Right? right. I could have shared my experience with you guys and, and, and also checked for impact. You know, how is it for you guys that I'm late? And you might have said, you know, it, it actually, you know, puts us in a bit of a rush now. Or you could have said, no problem at all. We're having a good time. But we get to be related over what's real. Right. Instead of skipping over what's real and, and doing some kind of performance. Man, I think this has such huge impacts for Mm. like a whole bunch of different areas of your life. But I mean, if we bring it into the business context, you know, for, you know, owner of a business, you know, uh, CEO or anybody really, there's, I think the unspoken mice, I love the term mice. That's just like brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Those, those mice, you know, if you don't address them, they multiply. They breed. For Big sure. time, right? And then next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, I don't even want to walk in the door of my company because it's full of these mice and I can't unsee them, right? And everybody's probably got their own mice. And um, yeah, I, th- I think that's brilliant. It's uh, it's so much more effective, although can be scary and requires courage to talk about those things. And, yeah. um, and just circling back to what you shared earlier, you know, about putting you know, writing down that list of like, if I weren't afraid, you know, what would I do? I bet, I bet there's a handful of mice that would appear on that list for a lot of people, right? Having this conversation, you know, talking about this or saying that or whatever. Um, but, but there's a lot of power in that in, because that brings you to the present moment and you can actually talk about what's real and reality is really the only place that you can like move from. Like you can't move from a place of like, fakeness because there's it's loose footing and it doesn't really work well that's right and and uh, by the way i'm i'm starting to study acting i've gotten very interested in acting for some reason uh recently and apparently what i'm hearing is that acting is about being truthful something real 
you're not trying to fake a reaction or whatever. You're just trying to show what's there. I want that for us in conversation mm-hmm. that we're not doing a performance. Now, you've just made me think of a very interesting problem, which is we don't see our own mice. Um, but before we talk about that, you brought up business. And uh, I just thought of a, a, a business example where I had a number of mice going on. I was at a lunch and uh, luncheon and Jack Canfield was there from Chicken Soup. Mm. And I'd, I'd loved Jack for years and I wanted to connect with him. So one mouse that I had was a desi- desire mouse. We have six different types of mice we've identified in the book. And desire mouse is one. And I had one desire, which was to sit with him for lunch, you know, 100 people at this lunch. I want to sit next to him for lunch. Um, and I And I did express that. In fact, we were talking and I had to go to the bathroom as we're heading towards seating. And I just said, would you save me a seat? Genius, by the way. If you're ever at an event, you want to sit next to someone. I love that. Save me a seat. So I get back. Everyone's trying to sit next to Jack. And he's like, sorry, this one's taken. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. So so now I'm sitting with Jack and I wanted to ask him to write the forward to my book. Big ask, right? For someone I don't know at all. And so that's a pretty big mouse for me. And I did. I asked him. I said, look, I'd I'd like to do that. And then I realized, oh, I'm feeling a bit guilty because I'd also asked Richard Branson to write the forward. And I was waiting for a response. And if Richard said yes, I was going to go with him. Now, look, totally valid if you want to skip over that mouse and not name it and, you know, whatever. But it felt off to me. And so I was honest. I was transparent. I said, and I just want to say I have asked Richard Branson and if he says yes, I'm going to go with it. Would you be willing to be my backup? And I know that's a big ask. And he said, well, you're going alphabetically. I understand that. <laughs> Branson Panfield. It was classic. But I think we connected around that. And I like to think that that the fact that Jack later on said yes to me coming to his house for lunch and the fact that I got invited to stay overnight and and um, watch the debates and do kickboxing with him and his wife in the morning, I like yeah. to think it's because I ride that edge of transparency. Mm. I will tell the truth, especially, and not all the time, not, not 100%, but say nine out of 10 times, especially when I think I might lose something mm-hmm. because that gets me more connected usually with the other person and with myself. Now we're in reality. Yeah. Now, James, you brought up... You know, I realize you said it's so powerful to share our mice, but I just realized one of the biggest problems is we don't even see our own mice. Hmm, hmm, we don't see it. The brain won't show us. I might be talking to you and there could be a whole bunch of stuff going on, but I wasn't trained as a kid to notice my emotions. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trained to notice, oh, as I'm talking with you, I get my belly's clenching. You know, something feels, I wonder what that is. So we just... Often we don't even know what's happening with ourselves and that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm bringing this up because I get excited as we start to name our mice with people. And you can even say, hey, can I name a mouse with you? Do you know that expression? Oh, you never heard of it? Um, it's like an elephant in the room, but it's much smaller. And, you know, I just want to name it. Um, as we start to do that, we're training our brain that we want to know more of what's happening. Mm-hmm. We want to know, oh, I feel unsettled with this. Oh, hey, I feel excited. I, I didn't tell you guys earlier, I felt really energized being on this call with how, you know, the joking we we're doing back and forward, right? That's a mouse, but it's subtle, right? It was under my, my conscious awareness and it didn't make it out into the open. We can practice that. And there are actually groups where you can, you can get together and sit and practice naming what's happening. There's a group in Boulder called T Group. And basically, we name our mice. That's all we're allowed to do. Sitting right. here, looking at you, I notice I feel drawn to you. You can't, if it's more than 30 seconds old, you're not allowed to talk about it. So it's something we can develop. And I get excited by that. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. That's uh it's got so many implications. So so uh so David, when um when is the book coming out for people that want to dive deeper into that? Well, we've already got a mini book, so you don't have to wait. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, the book will come out this year. Um, but we've got a mini book. We put we wanted to give people a, a preview of what we're talking about. 
and so you can get that right now. I think uh, three bucks and you can have that. And it's got beautiful illustrations. It'll name the six different categories of mice. Give you a really good primer to just start doing that with your kids, with your business partner, if you have one, with your boss, with your coworkers. Now, look, again, you don't have to share everything. I've learned that the hard way. You don't have to share 100%. I've shared stuff that'll make your hair curl. You'd be surprised. I have risked prison. I have risked my partner leaving me. I have done all of these things, because, but I've had a lot of practice at it. You don't have to do all of your mice. And you want to learn how to artfully name them. There are ways to mess this up. You don't want to do that. We'll give you a primer in the, in the, in the book trailer on how to how to do it so that you're likely to get a good result versus the other person um, having a lot more mice of their own that they have to then share. Right, right. That's awesome, um, Dean. What uh, what do you got to what do you got to share? Yeah, no, I, I I've just been thinking like throughout all of this. So one one of my uh, in fact this this goes across both of our companies. So like one of my core beliefs is that the center of a lot of people's problems is actually confidence you know, or, or lack of, should I say. So, uh, you know, and I truly believe that I truly like strip off everything else. And, and I think this perfectly ties in with everything that you've sort of been saying, David, or at least that's my interpretation of this is that, you know, people seriously lack that confidence. And, and that's where then once they start trying to find that confidence and bring that to the surface through exercises and taking actions, like what you're talking about, I really do believe that very few things can, can impact people's lives in that way than to develop their confidence. And I think what you're saying here and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this, this too is really work on people's confidence to bring that courage up and to the forefront, to give people the confidence and courage to actually do these things and be their true authentic self. You nailed it, Dean. The, one of the subtitles is your pathway to connection, confidence, and leadership. Oh, Unnamed it, mice eat confidence, mm. right? That's what they do. Uh, yeah. if, if I've got something scurrying around here that I'm upset with someone and I'm not saying it, it's hidden. There's a, there's a distance. Um, if I've got desires that I'm not sharing, uh, that feels all, I'm out of integrity, basically. There's something I want, but I'm not saying it. If there's something I'm tolerating, but I'm not saying it, that's mm-hmm. off as well. How can I be a confident human being with right. all of that going on? But as we start to share, we start to share our desires we start to share our tolerations and we realize that we're not getting hit. We're not getting um, yelled at, that these right. things are starting to, they might even be accepted. Sometimes that thing I thought I was scared wouldn't be received as being welcomed right. by someone right. else. Like, oh, I'm so glad you said that. I was feeling the same thing. Yeah. And that starts to happen. The real me can be seen. And that's the only way that I know of to develop confidence. The real you has to come out. Otherwise you'll never be confident because you're only doing a performance and uh, someone might love the performance, but something in you always know they're not seeing the real me. Right. So so I think that a lot of this, um, you know, is it's like foundational and fundamental to how you choose to occur and show up as a person. And there's like, to me, like, you know, I'm making connections right now as you're talking to like, oh, that I could see how that would help somebody grow their business. I could see how that would help them be a better leader, how that would help them get these results. But I think for, you know, for some people listening, it might just sound like we're talking about like these cool, like concepts, but turning them into, well, what's the pathway to leveraging these skills that you can practice to help you grow your business, right? And because we said, hey, on the premise of the show was like double your revenue and double your happiness. And I feel like these things, it's so obvious the sense of relief that you might get if you had more courage or you were naming the mice or all these different things. And I think the translation of that into business could be very powerful. But what's your, like, do you have a, a, maybe even the guy that you were talking about earlier, a great story about how, somebody leveraged courage and naming their mice and what the consequence of that was in their business, right? How did that create the pathway for them to be able to grow exponentially and really shift the found, like shift to the next level and create what they were really going after? 
Yeah, there's so many applications in in business. I have one client, she's an interior designer, and sometimes she has client issues. She's got clients that that are draining. I think anybody who has clients sometimes has client issues. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So um, sometimes my job is to encourage her to work out her mice. Like, well, what's going on? Well, I feel drained and I feel stressed. And I'm like, well, is this person trainable? Is this something you can show them how to be with you that would be a win and you would enjoy that? And if the answer is yes, then okay, we talk about training. You know, let's let's set some boundaries. Let's make some requests. Let's set up your clients from now on with very clear understandings of how much access they have to you, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, if it's not, if you don't think they're trainable and no matter what you do, it's always going to be a, a struggle, then let's look at how you can artfully name that so that they feel empowered and you can part ways as friends. So that it might seem like a little thing, but if you've got clients that are stressing you and you're not enjoying your work, it's going to impact everything. It impacts your energy. It impacts how you show up. It impacts your sales calls. So that was just, just one example I thought of where mouse naming can make a difference. Um, I got one client who's in the middle of a book launch right now. And one of the questions that I, I think I mentioned before that I ask every week before we even get on the phone, you need to answer, if you were fearless this week, what would you do? And, uh, and he had, well, there are, there are 10 affiliates that I'd like to approach. And there's one really big one. And I, I don't, you know, he'd already said no, but if I was fearless, I'd probably go and hit him up again. Mm-hmm. So we brainstormed, how could you enroll him? What's in this for him? How can you make it compelling? So he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. We brainstormed a few things. He went back and he said the guy said no again and then came back to him a week later and said, you know what? I mean, thinking about this, I think this could be really cool. Uh, So that took courage for him and it took transparency. He had to show himself, I have a desire to work with you and to do this with you. Are you willing? That it's a little scary. Reveal yourself to the world. Apparently, Meissner, um, the the acting teacher. No, I don't know. I'm 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 quoting someone else. It's in his book. He quotes someone who says, um, "Acting is the act of self betrayal." Mm. And I'm like, what 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 does that mean? And it means you are sharing your innermost self with others, and so you're kind of betraying yourself to show that to the world. It's right. an act of massive surrender. And uh, earlier when you're speaking, I realized I'm a control freak. And a lot of, a lot of people have, have learned to try and control life. And I understand that. But we don't have a billionth of the information to make the right decision in any given moment. We, just, we don't have all the information. So it takes an act of surrender and faith to say, I am going to reveal myself to you. And I'm going to take a risk. And the universe, you can do what you want with that. And I trust that that's going to lead somewhere good. Mm-hmm. It really is an act of faith, mm-hmm. particularly after a lifetime of the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Very you know, w- one of the uh, one of the things that keeps coming up for me as you're, we're having this conversation, one of my first mentors, um, he said this statement and I was just like, all right, I'm going to try that on for a while and see if I believe it. And, uh, and it was all upset comes from unmet expectations. Mm. And I was like, is that really true? Like, that's a bold statement to say all instead of like a lot of upset or most upset or some upset. I was like, all upset comes from unmet expectations. And I think that, you know, for me, hearing you talk about the mice and everything is trying to, you know, make an effort to align expectations with somebody else so that you're on the same page, that you can create something together. And, um, and I think it's uh, I think it's a brilliant analogy. I would love if you have a few more minutes, maybe to just sort of name the six types of mice. Um, and then we'll tell people where they can go get the, the primer for the book. I think that'd be great. Well, I'm not going to give it all away, so I'll give I'll give it. Maybe give us a couple mice. Like we heard about we heard about the desire mouse. Yep. So we know about that one. Who else are you willing to introduce us to today? Yep. There's a desire mouse. 
there's a reality check mouse. So talk about that. What's the reality check mouse? Yeah. We all live in our own matrix, right? We've all, we've all got our own stories. We've got our own version of the world, but we don't live like that. We think that what we see is how it is. Yeah. That's how we live. So that guy's a jerk. She's really sweet. Um, uh, this person doesn't like me, right? That's how, that's how we live, but they're just our stories. Maybe some of them are true. Maybe some of them match with the other person's experience, but often they don't. And so once we realize that and that we need that, that voice to come in and go, Oh, wait a minute. I've, I've, I've got a story here that this person's upset with me Hmm. or, um, or I might even be in mystery. My boss hasn't given me the last three projects. He's given them to, to Jim. What am I, am I not good enough? Is he just not seeing me? I don't have any idea. This is a reality check mouse. Say, Hey, I know I've got a story that you, you don't want to work with me because you've given the last three, three to Jim. And I just wanted to check. Is that true? Um, is it not? Am I making, am I hallucinating? It's a reality check mouse. Right. Nice. And then I'll give you one more mouse, a confession mouse. Really good. I've got something that I did, not feeling good about it. I wish I hadn't. And and I want to share that. When I was 18 years old, I cheated on my first girlfriend. Felt horrendous the next day when I sobered up and um, shared a pretty big confession mouse with her. And she broke up with me as she should. And I had to earn her trust back. I remember, I think I rented or borrowed a tuxedo, got a dozen roses, got on the train for six hours up to where she was staying at a parent's house and, and, and begged her. And I earned it back her trust and, uh, and eventually married that woman. Wow. Um, so there's a confession mouse. Now, you know, the stakes might be high with a confession mouse, but we watch movies where people mm-hmm. risk all to tell the truth because it's mm-hmm. inspiring. Yeah. Because that's how we want to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, all right, I like that. So we got three of the six mice we've talked about here. And the uh, the primer for the, the book, you know, the, the short version. Yeah. Where can, so where can people get that now? Is it on Amazon? Is it on your site? Like where you, can we you go? You can go to namethatmouse.com. Okay. NameThatMouse.com yep. and you'll either have a link to the Kickstarter campaign where you can contribute a little bit and get the, get the primer. Um, uh, or, you know, by the time you get to, to that link, we'll, we'll just have a, have a page where you can, you know, pay a small amount of money and get it. What I'm more interested in is, uh, for all listeners, is you sharing the concept. We, we want to start a mouse naming revolution in the mm. world. I don't care about you buying the book. I don't care about the three bucks from the, from the, from the trailer. I care about you starting to name mice with people and sharing it on social media. Hey, just listen to this amazing interview about mouse naming. Let's start a mouse naming revolution. Go and get the trailer yourself and share this with everyone. Let's get everybody naming mice. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that, David. Um, before, uh, before we wrap up, Dean, what, uh, what else you got? Any parting shots, questions? Yeah, yeah no, just to say thanks to, to you, David. I really do think this is a fascinating conversation that undoubtedly we could, uh, we could keep talking on for many hours, no doubt. But I, um, uh, I really think you've given all the listeners something to think about. And what, one things I would say, cause I know, you know, as, as you've been talking, I've been thinking about myself and you're right. Everybody's got those mice deep in and you, you think about it. And I think um, one of the things I would say just to encourage all the listeners is that, you know, just start taking small steps, right? Like you've said earlier on, it's not about now having to go from nothing to 100 all of a sudden out of nowhere. And that's really intimidating. And probably nobody will begin that way, right? Nobody's going to take that first step if they try and face the mountain head on right out the gate. So, you know, I, I, I would say looking at my own experiences that as you start taking small steps in the right direction, in a positive direction, it encourages you to keep going doesn't it it builds confidence in and of itself the fact that you're actually just doing it now and you're taking those steps so yeah i really do uh, i do hope all the listeners start taking uh, taking these actions it's been fascinating david so thank you for sharing yeah my pleasure this is i've done over 200 interviews and this is one of my favorites there's nothing i would have rather done than than this conversation today and um at namethatmouse.com you can get the trailer and also uh if you're interested in training uh, for your team, 
for your 100%. company. You want your, your company to be more transparent, more connected, more confident. Then uh, I'd love to talk to you about that. And you can, you can go through the navigation on that page and, and reach out to me and we'll do a trial coaching session or we'll talk about, talk about uh, coaching and training. That's yeah, that's amazing. I think, you know, the one, one lasting visual that I'm going to take away from this conversation here today is <clears throat> that the, the mice are gnawing away at your confidence, right? Much in the way, like you picture, like there's this big block of cheese, right? Cause everybody you know, associates cheese and mice and all that stuff. Right. But like the cheese is the confidence and that if you don't name the mice, then they just keep nibbling away at the cheese and the, and the confidence gets eroded. But you know, if you name the mice and your confidence is there and it's solid. And I think it's just, uh, it's such a simple, succinct, uh, beautiful analogy that, uh, yeah, I, everybody listening, please, um, you know, think about this, like put, put this, put this to work, you know, and the, the beautiful thing about, uh, the approach that you're taking, David, is it doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to cause trauma because we're not, because that's not practical. Right. right. That that won't help anybody in the long run. It might create some like, you know, an, an upset that, you know, is difficult to deal with. But um, but I think the things that you've talked about today and the way in which you're approaching that has a potential for huge benefit, both on an individual level, you know, team slash family level and then a society level as well. Yes. Um, so I, I super appreciate you being here and uh, and sharing and uh, yeah, for, for those of you guys that are listening and you want to go deeper, go to namethatmouse.com, check out all the other stuff, check out, find out what the other three mice are. I'm going to be doing that like right away um, because I'm intrigued by that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, David, for being here. We uh, really appreciate you being on the show and uh, I look forward to staying in touch, man. Yeah, same, same. This, this was a special conversation. You got me re-energized. Uh, to, to bring this to the world and glad to know you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe not what you had anticipated when we first got on here and we were like joking around and everything, but this, there's a reason we say this is the best podcast in the world. We're not That's just, right. we're not just blown. Smelled it. Well, you see, I, I have a confession mouse. Um, <laughs> you see, David, you said this was one of the best talks you've had. And I got to say, I thought it was the best. Personally, I, I just want to throw out the mouse. Is that a confession mouse or a reality check mouse? It sounds more like a reality check mouse. Uh, I'm no, learning my mice. No, I think this is a self-expression mouse. Oh man, did we just eke oh. out mouse oh. number four? Yeah, there we go. We reeled one in. <laughs> we caught another mouse. You <laughs> sneaky guys. You <laughs> sneaky. That was an exclusive fourth mouse. You see, now this is the best conversation because you've only ever revealed three. Clearly. Damn it. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you guys for being here. Um, Thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you guys following us, sticking with us. Make sure you go to jttshow.com for for this episode, other episodes, show notes, links, and everything else that you need to stay up to date. This is James P. Friel signing off for me and my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, and we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, Visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.